0: What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun.
1: I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. 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 Welcome, listeners, to chapter two hundred and nine of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Outer Dimensional Forces episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky, Brad Abrahams, Ali Mezzi, Julian Fields, and Travis View.
2: A mysterious flying saucer cult ranging back to the 1960s. Arcs that will whisk us away from this terrible place just as Armageddon is unleashed by our irresponsible actions. A mysterious building on the edge of a Walmart parking lot. This week we're exploring outer-dimensional forces with Brad Abrahams, our Inner Earth correspondent, and Ali Metzi, repeat guest and potential QA lawyer if we ever get in trouble. But before we touch on that, Q has returned again, squeezing out a few drops just before the midterm elections and forcing us to do another
3: QAnon news.
2: If you don't remember Q returning, that's entirely forgivable because (laughs) like a lot of QAnon influencers, you were maybe underwhelmed by the small flurry of posts made in June of this year. The most notable aspect of these drops was the series of technical snafus that all but exposed Jim and Ron Watkins, or someone in their orbit, as behind them. Well, just in time for the midterms, Q is back again. And this time, they're being a bit more talkative. All of this comes in the middle of a truly messy situation on 8chan, now 8kun, which has seen Jim Watkins grow increasingly furious as the site is overwhelmed by spam posts, making it basically unusable. So he's been screaming at his lackeys, (laughs) he's yelling about being under attack. He's in a really dark place, too. Like, he's been using his own ad space to put a bounty on Fred Brennan uh, on his head. Jesus uh,
1: Christ. Yeah,
2: just, like, this much money for, like, anybody who could get him extradited back to the Philippines. Really dark, horrible stuff. But I guess, like, some, some white hat hackers out there are just completely spamming the shit out of the website, making it essentially unusable. And he's been trying to do CAPTCHAs. That also got fucked up. And then he was like, okay, you have to use this software. I mean, it's just been a fucking disaster. And I'm sure we'll cover it in more detail at some point. That's great for everybody. Well, it wasn't unusable enough for Q not to return. (laughs) So, you know, maybe next time.
4: Secret government operatives only use the most insecure sites. I thought we knew this. Yeah, Absolutely. that's
1: that's part of the strategy because nobody expects them to use uh something overwhelmingly vulnerable to uh any so kind true. of attack, yeah.
2: <laughs> so in the meantime, let us check on these latest drops. So there's been three drops in 3 days and the first one came on November 6th and this is what he posted.
3: Oh, I'm looking at the post and it's just Back on back on the Hunter stuff. This like, is,
2: I, I talked about this a little bit on Twitter, but basically this is what would happen if Jim Watkins watched the Hunter Biden uh, movie yes. and just sat down and wrote a Q drop.
3: What groups are financing Ukraine? Why are they financing Ukraine? Why was Hunter in Ukraine? What did Pop threaten to withhold from Ukraine? A billion dollars. <laughs> 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 Who benefits? What did pop receive in return? Now, uh, man, really undercutting his sort of like military edge by calling Joe Biden pop. We're going to need
2: you to stay on, on, on target here, Q. Come on. This, this is actually is like, about corn pop.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what it makes me think of? Uh, Hop on Pop, the okay. classic Dr. Seuss yeah. picture book. Which is about fucking Joe Biden. Apparently so. Why is Hunter not in jail? <laughs> think blackmail, bribes. Extortion? Threats? How do you control a leader? How do you control a country? Are you ready to take back control? Your vote matters. You have all the tools you need. (laughs) Q. It's like. You have all the tools you need. Please text 1717 to make sure you are ready to (laughs) fight with the Republicans. Kids these days are on their phones all the time. They should Pokemon Go
5: to the (laughs) polls. I do want to point out that Q as electioneer isn't strictly speaking a new thing. But remember back in 2018, during the midterms, Q made a lot of posts about like, you know, voting meme, voting and meme, and there's going to be a red tsunami and sort of promising. Oh yeah, they also said the midterms are safe. Um, in fact, the uh Mar- Marjorie Taylor Greene claimed that the Q saying that the midterms are safe and it wound up being a you know a big win for the Democrats is what helped her become disillusioned with you. I don't know if she's being entirely truthful about that. But you know, this is actually in some ways classic q stuff sort of alternating between secret esoteric knowledge that'll blow your brain straight out of your skull and also please vote mm-hmm. but where's
2: the esoteric knowledge yeah. there's none of that anymore there's not alternating yeah right is
1: that here there's no codes there's no line of hash codes there's nothing there's cool no, like yeah it's just kind of like
6: Think about it.
4: <laughs> Remember that Fox News article? As supposed to like sit there and stew and make all your connections.
6: Yeah, yeah. You guys, you're pining for the early albums of Q.
1: Yeah, I mean, like Pinkerton was really good, yeah. and you know, um, make believe just yeah, uh, okay. just didn't no, hit not, the same. You we're know? not
2: talking about Weezer. <laughs> we're talking about Q and I. So please, Q. I know you're a big fan of Weezer, but please tell us what you posted on November seventh the day after this last post.
3: Why do some elections take more than a day to count? Can cheating be done after the polls are closed? Who controls the poll books? Who controls the databases? Who controls the elections? Why are extra ballots printed? If someone doesn't vote, can bad actors hijack their vote? How? Why did the National Guard activate cybersecurity teams? Who gave the order to activate the cybersecurity teams? Why? To protect the elections, to claim the midterms are safe, safe from what? Setting the stage, watch carefully. White hats have secured many systems, but problems still remain. You have all the tools you need. Vote.
7: Cue. Yeah. You know what's
1: interesting about this?
4: That it sucks.
1: They're much more. They're <laughs> much more vague. I mean, there's no specific. You know. Uh. Uh. White hats have secured many systems, but problems still remain. That's That's like a trump saying line. Saying nothing. That's They had to secure many systems. Yeah, it's it's very general. It doesn't have that kind of specificity No. Uh, that that the That's always, that like, the, turned the original out bad for Q, that the so. original drops have. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah, so. feeling very lukewarm.
4: And it's like couching them for an elbow. Like mm-hmm. yeah. it it's saying like problems still remain, so Patriots aren't exactly in control where, you know, Q used to be yeah. so much more concrete. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: Patriots are somewhat in control. Uh, Save some of your popcorn for later. Yeah, but like, Uh, you know, you could do like, White hats have infiltrated, like, uh, Dash underscore sec base. Like, watch Red Rover, Red Rover, please come over.
1: You know, like, they
7: they would go into,
1: you know what I mean? It's like, Uh it's like,
7: White hats, they've secured many
1: systems, but problems still remain. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's it's just like. Sad,
2: sad. And then on the day of the midterms, another cue.
3: Endless lies, endless wars, endless inflation, endless printing.
1: (laughs) Well, that I can agree with. You know, I have had a problem with my printer since about 2003. Okay. This is a technology that we just cannot seem to get to work uh, the way we want it to. So Mm -hmm. I'm with Q on that. When
4: the robots rise up, the printers will be the first to attack. They're things that just hate human beings.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, I'll, yeah. they will giving s- us paper cuts. Yeah, exactly. I'll like go to print out like my insurance claim, and the paper will just like fly out of the printer at my neck and go like, <laughs> just slit yeah. my throat right there. We can only hope. All right, back to this drop. Um-
3: <clears throat> endless printing, endless oppression, endless subjugation, endless surveillance. Who will put an end to the endless?
1: Oh my God, this <laughs> sucks taking control this is like (laughs) it's so bad there's nothing exciting here there's nothing who will put an end to the endless this is it's so vague it's so generalized and it's so obvious that seems like uh like a bad translation
2: of like a foreign films tagline yeah 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 totally
1: (laughs) Look at the difference here as opposed to Patriots are in control or, like, don't worry. It's just taking control. It's so... um, It's a process, it's, man. It's weak. It, you know? it's, the language in these posts is is weak language. Yeah, I think Q has
2: been maybe ingesting too much soy. Lots of PFAs. Q is extremely low T. Travis, what happened to those candidates we covered who have supported Q? Uh, J.R. Majewski and Doug Mastriano.
5: Well... They lost. So yeah. In um, So in Ohio's ninth district, that's uh, where Majewski, the QAnon candidate who had a you know, giant Trump 2020 on his lawn and went on QAnon shows and talked positively about Q, he lost. So that's... Good. And um, also in uh, Pennsylvania, yeah, the gubernatorial race, uh, Doug Mastriano, he lost pretty decisively as well. So those were the, the, the two big QAnon candidates I was looking at.
2: I just want to say one thing before we, you know, jump right into the main segment. And that is, if you are in line to vote for Lauren Boebert, stay in line.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Outer Dimensional Forces.
6: A few months back, I was slipping through my latest issue of New Pioneer magazine. Among the articles about living off-grid, hassle-free hauling, and recipes from the Oregon Trail, I stumbled upon an enigmatic advertisement. The ad depicts Noah's Ark, the Ark of the Covenant, and a UFO called Time Ark floating in the clouds. The text reads,
7: Your Time Ark service modules have returned. Creator Yahweh's arcs for survival. Positive survival is not possible on this continent. You must evacuate.
2: The pictures for the listener are of Noah's Ark uh, something called a Time Arc, which is just a UFO with like some cloud coloring and the Ark of the Covenant yeah so it's gonna melt your face don't wanna open that
1: one
6: yeah don't open that one do not open until doomsday okay and thus began my latest obsession one of the most intriguing, bizarre, and confounding stories of an unknown UFO-worshipping doomsday group called the Outer Dimensional Forces, based right here in my home state of Texas, and its profoundly eccentric, anti-establishment prophet named Nodrog, who claims he's the fourth horseman of the apocalypse. This story has government raids, attempted assassination by a pipe bomb, a UFO bus stop, and swarms of bees. We also have a surprise interview near the end of the episode for the bravest among us. But first, I have to confess. I don't actually subscribe to New Pioneer magazine, and it was really my co-host, Ali Metzi, who first told me about this story.
4: So um, yeah, I found this because I could not sleep one night, and I decided to go on a quest in which I would permanently damage my brain by absorbing arcane knowledge about extraterrestrials from the most melted Geocities pages. <laughs> After navigating away from a page with far, far too many pictures of cattle mutilations, I came upon it. In bright orange letters, in a sea of stormy azure clouds, the JPEG fingers of a hunched god, his arm outstretched, welcomed me to the Armageddon Time Arc Base operation and promised me ultimate positive survival knowledge. I perused the page and learned that service modules are in position and ready to adjust Earth's polar axis by six degrees at the end of our cosmic season, and that only the outer-dimensional forces of the time arc possessed the ultimate positive survival knowledge that I would need in order to live through the coming apocalypse. Sure, the millenarianism was familiar, but the rest of the content was unlike anything that I, a simple Midwestern lawyer, had ever seen. I knew I had found something special here. And that's what started our investigation of the outer dimensional forces. Lingua Babylonia.
6: Before we go any further, a brief lexicon of some of the terms that our listeners may find confusing. Time Station Earth. Planet Earth. Time
3: Arc. Flying saucer like UFOs.
2: S-Day.
6: Doomsday
3: slash Armageddon. Gog. A reference to the satanic sympathizers Gog and Magog of the Old Testament.
2: Manasseh Free Territory. North America. Red Empire. The American Government. Yashua Hamashia. The
3: the Prophet-slash-Second-Coming-of-Christ-slash-Leader-of-the-O-D-F.
2: Humaton. Lowly,
3: uninitiated human beings. Us. The RGV.
6: Five hours from where I live in Austin is the town of Weslico, Texas. It's home to 41,000 people and situated at the southern tip of the Rio Grande Valley, 10 miles from the Mexican border. Its odd-sounding name is an amalgamation of the W.E. Stewart Land Co., which originally owned land. In recent decades, manufacturing and shipping ushered in by NAFTA has proved a boon to the economy of this border town. But through much of Weslico's history, agriculture, particularly citrus farming, has been an important part of the economy. During World War II, it was known for its impressive sandbag production, earning it the moniker of the sandbagging capital of the world. It's
4: really competitive.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Another bit of notable history is that it's home to the most haunted building in the Rio Grande Valley, the San Juan Hotel, of which ghost hunter David Bowles says there are dozens to hundreds of trapped souls inside. Whoa. There are also a record number of UFO sightings in the valley, with hundreds of sightings a year and a nearby yearly UFO conference. Like most small American cities, Weslaco has a Walmart. But unlike most cities, this Walmart has a mysterious property in a corner of its parking lot. A 10-foot-high fence, electrified at the top, shields a rambling, dilapidated compound. The closest one can get without an invitation is the entrance gate just off the highway. Beyond this fence sits the Armageddon Mark base, the home of the Outer Dimensional Forces. From there, they spread the gospel of their leader, O.T. Nodrog, who in turn channels messages from ETs with a dire warning. We must all leave North America now, or we will perish in climactic upheaval. Perfect factual history.
4: The anti-hero of this story is a man with the confounding moniker of O.T. Nodrog. Some say Nodrog started his life as Orville T. Gordon. On the witness stand in a federal courtroom, Nodrog testified that he had sprouted forth from a cabbage patch, and the outer-dimensional forces insist that Nodrog was always Nodrog.
2: It's just a coincidence then that it's Gordon backwards?
4: Yeah, sure.
2: Great, yeah.
4: So maybe, maybe what they say is true. The guy's World War II draft card and his Texas driver's license read as clear as day, Orville Thomas Nodrog. And from our research, he was probably born on August 21st, 1907. He may have lived in Wisconsin or Michigan, or worked as a day laborer in Kidmundi, Illinois for a time. But evidence of his life and activities before he came to Texas is hard to come by, and the pieces of information you do find often conflict with one another. What we do know is that in 1940, O.T. Nodrog traveled south to the Rio Grande Valley, bought a little corner of land, and set up shop as the North Lumber Company of Weslaco. Nodrog lived a quiet life for a time, operating his lumber yard. Public record information here becomes plentiful, but mundane. In local newspapers, he advertises his goods and services and offers to buy and sell equipment. His wife, Laura, passes away of cancer, and some years later, he remarries to a woman named Maria. He places ads in newspapers around the South, as far as Spiloxi, Mississippi, asking if anyone wants to come along with him to the World's Fair and split the cost of travel to New York. But no drugs first dust up with the government that we know of comes in 1946, when the Office of Price Administration, a now-defunct federal office, accused his business of violating regulations about what he could charge for lumber. The investigation found no evidence of wrongdoing, but he was reprimanded about his poor record-keeping practices. His life seems entirely ordinary, until it's not. Animosity between Nodrog and the local governments in Weslaco and Hidalgo County may have been born around 1966 or 1967, when the municipalities exercised eminent domain to seize a corner of Nodrog's property so the state could build an expressway. Though Nodrog was compensated for the land, he never touched the money. And it just so happens that around the time the grasping power of the state shattered his quiet homestead, Nodrog appears to have gotten really into UFOs, or as he came to call them, ISOs, Identified Sailing Objects.
6: (laughs) It's very defensive. (laughs) And this is the inflection point of our story, where Nodrog claims to have come into contact with extraterrestrials, and they tell him they will unleash Armageddon as punishment for how us humans are despoiling the planet. Slowly but surely, he builds up a following who travel to join him in Weslico. Together, the group constructs a landing strip for a UFO in his former lumberyard, which is now in that Walmart parking lot. The property is dubbed the Armageddon Time Arc Base, and at the prophesied time, the ship will land and whisk him and his crew away to safety. To support their endeavors, they start selling papayas, berries, and honey at the Weslico flea market, as well as tickets for seats on the UFO before doomsday arrives. In 1967, a category five hurricane was set to hit the valley Nodrog marched to City Hall to loudly claim the reason for the impending hurricane was the UFO he'd been raving about all these years had landed on his property. In mid-September, Hurricane Beulah slammed into the Gulf Coast, leaving devastation in its wake. Gusts of over 100 miles per hour, which spawned a record 115 tornadoes, were recorded in the valley. Homes and commercial properties were destroyed, and the local citrus industry was decimated. At least 60 people died across the US, Mexico, and the Caribbean. Was this the wrath of the Outer Dimensional Forces? Flash forward 10 years and the ranks of the ODF are still growing. Several people live on NoDrog's property in trailers and converted school buses, and many more lived off the base in Weslico. In the late 70s, they start advertising in New Age magazines for their newsletter called The S-Day Report. You can subscribe for $1, which at one point the newsletter had over 3,000 subscribers, which I was impressed by. This is of particular interest as it's one of the first times the public is reading the words of NoDrog. An excerpt from the ad reads,
7: The commencement of this report is warranted due to the lethargic and negative condition in which the news media exists. A great number of people have placed themselves vulnerably dependent upon this network. They place greater trust in today's media than in any other estates. Yet to this date, no media branch has taken a serious, open look at what is happening to Time Station Earth because of and through the Armageddon Time Arc Base operation. This ultimate knowledge from the Creator's measures is the perfect factual truth, which is the way things really are and not the way they may appear or you may think them to be. This report is dedicated to ultimate positive physical survival, as only professional specialists like the trained competent eco-ulticologistic cosmic engineers of the ATA Base operation can offer you... This ultimate survival you cannot achieve within or through the negative system you now exist under. In
4: 1978, the Texas Attorney General learned of Nodrog's alien bus stop when their Consumer Protection Division got a strange letter in the mail. A man called Tony Cosby was writing to complain that Nodrog had charged him $350 to learn how to maintain and drive a flying saucer fueled by an internal power plant.
5: They have failed to produce anything resembling said services. No lessons, no examples, no power plant, and no flying saucer.
4: Cosby wrote. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Understandably upset.
4: Yeah, imagine being charged $350 and not even getting to see a flying saucer. Outrageous. Know, in, in
1: 1978, too. I mean, that's, that's like, a lot what, of like money. 800 bucks now and 1000 bucks now? I mean, yeah, that's a lot.
4: So... Taking this um, consumer protection complaint quite seriously, the attorney general reached out to Nodrog, and in response, Nodrog wrote,
1: Factual greetings from your millennial Armageddon time arc base. Mr. Cosby seems quite angry in his frustration by failing in his self styled sabotage and attempts to purloin the secrets of our trans receiver power units for his own private purpose with his orgone energy experiments, and thereby avoiding his obligation through physical function for the benefit of all concerned. We consider this matter closed, unless, After we finish our investigation of Cosby's activities in this organization, further action against him is warranted. Sealed with the sign of the cross and mark, point number one of the iron rod rule by the outer dimensional forces, my time station Earth identity is O.T. Nodrog.
4: The Texas (laughs) Attorney General was ultimately unable to mediate a compromise agreeable to both Cosby and Nodrog. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, because what do you do with that? You you read the first line and you're like, well, this makes no sense. Like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna argue with this guy who who is making up words and uh, he lives in a Walmart parking lot. What what, what are we gonna do?
4: Yeah, well, the Walmart didn't exist at the time, but yeah, yeah where but I yeah. found this, that there there was this note that was like, we have no idea why this got processed. <laughs>
6: Neighbors began to notice increased traffic in the area. Visitors from the north kept coming to the town because they saw NoDrog's ads, and they were curious (laughs) about the base. Many of them joined and moved to Weslico, often onto the base itself. One such man was Fred Holt, who told photographer Douglas Curran that after losing his job as a lumber cutter in Oregon in 1975, he and his family of six hit the road in search of work and drifted south, where he met NoDrog at a flea market.
2: When we sat down and started to read in the Bible after we met him, we could find everything in there, man. Just seemed like a revelation opened up to us. Gesturing towards Nodrog. This is the double-edged sword of God right there,
6: and he is pleading with all the flesh.
4: That's right.
6: All right. (laughs) (laughs) Emboldened by the group's growth, Nodrog starts mailing packages to a NASA space shuttle engineer named John Schuessler, who also founded MUFON, the mutual UFO network that investigates sightings and encounters. Along with ODF literature, Nodrog includes a list of charges against Schuessler, including vague threats and a guilty verdict for not spreading the word about the ODF to NASA and MUFON. Schuessler shares these letters directly with the FBI. Local, state, and federal authorities all knew of the ODF, but they saw it at worst as a harmless nuisance. It's always funny when like
1: somebody charges you guilty in a letter. You're like, you're like, and the court of my brain has found you guilty, guilty as charged. <laughs>
4: The latter part of the 20th century saw impressive population growth in the Rio Grande Valley. But according to the Texas State Historical Association, in the 1980s, Hidalgo County and the neighboring Star County were repeatedly ranked among the poorest in the nation, with thousands living in unincorporated shantytowns called colonias. The Rio Grande Valley was eager to find a way to create infrastructure and foster an economy that would accommodate the burgeoning population. One suggestion, fielded in 1984, was to create an economic development zone that would offer tax refunds in turn for business investments. One critic of the idea was Hector Farias, the mayor of Weslaco. He feared that while bigger cities like nearby McAllen would reap benefits, small communities like his Weslaco would be left behind. While Mayor Farias was skeptical of the proposal for an economic development zone, he was no NIMBY. He had campaigned on encouraging development in industry that would bring new life to stagnating areas of Weslaco, places like the intersection on which the Armageddon Time Arc Base sat. Around this time in the mid-80s, Merlin Lingenfelter and his entourage joined the Outer Dimensional Forces. Lingenfelter, a farmer from Alma, Minnesota, had been part of the Posse Comitatus movement. For those who need a little bit of a refresher, the Posse Comitatus was the forerunner of the modern sovereign citizen movement. The Posse spread throughout rural America during the farm foreclosure crisis of the late 70s and early 80s. As the works of Christian identity preacher William Gale, Nazi silvershirt Mike Beach and shortwave radio slurmonger Jim Wickstrom met with a population of farmers whose livelihoods and homes had been snatched away from them by the disastrous policies of the Federal Reserve. The Posse was a decentralized anti-government network connected by an adherence to racist and anti-Semitic conspiracy theories and a pseudo-legal belief system, which functioned to knit folks together into heavily armed cells that would impede and harass local government or terrorize private citizens they saw as enemies. So, the patriarch Merlin Lingenfelter was not only a member of the Posse Comitatus, but of the anti-communist John Birch Society. He refused to pay taxes and had a propensity for mailing the IRS pictures of dismembered fetuses.
1: Oh, boy.
4: Merlin became locally infamous in the upper Midwest for acting out during public school board meetings. Lingenfelter's rants included bits on how school field trips were a communist plot to destroy the family, and how drawings of peace symbols were sigils of the Antichrist and should be banned on school property. He mounted unsuccessful third-party campaigns for local offices and started a fake church for tax avoidance purposes. In 1983, Merlin's refusal to pay taxes caught up to him, and the family was evicted from their farm. And at that point, Merlin and his sons, including 21-year-old Mark and a number of other posse-affiliated Minnesotans, traveled south and ended up at the Armageddon-Tymark base.
6: At the beginning of 1985, the ODF and local government were again at odds. The intersection of two major roads on which the armageddon Timark base sat was slated to be developed into a shopping center, and as part of that development, Mayor Hector Ferrius proposed cleaning out an overgrown drainage ditch that ran through Nodrog's property. Clearing the ditch would strip away the jungle-like shrubbery that shielded the private lives of the inhabitants of the base from the outside world. City inspectors began inquiring about whether or not the structures on the base were compliant with the building code. The property was commonly described as an eyesore, with one local investor anonymously quoted that he believed his nearby commercial property would be worth $100,000 more if the ugly base was gone. Meanwhile, Walmart opens up a superstore adjacent to the compound, and makes aggressive offers to buy NoDrog's land. True to form, NoDrog tells Walmart to fuck off. This is when things start to get truly unhinged and ramps up the group's paranoia that the government is trying to take their land. This paranoia was evidenced in the tone of the group's documents at the time.
1: ATA base has been under partial and sporadic siege since 1967. The Red Empire has seized and now controls two portions of ATA base. The Reds have lost an
7: untold number
1: of lives. The brave defenders of your Creator's Time Station Earth based army have suffered no supreme casualties as of this time. The Reds have kept the water supply cut off from ATA Base for over 40 years. The Gog Greaser Red Fire Chief sits out there in his red wagon, waiting for an opportunity to cut off the electrical power. Damn, man, this is some great writing, though,
2: you know? It's really good. Oh, yeah, he
4: rules. Um, Yeah, yeah, like, at this point, they're not paying, like, taxes. They're not paying, or they're trying to pay taxes in honey. Um, They haven't paid their water (laughs) bills, so there's no water on on the base, so, like, like twenty or thirty people are living there without showers. Um they're having like stare offs with like the fire chief and the police chief across the street. <laughs> meanwhile, yeah. like Madrog's just going to City Call and being like, We killed two CIA agents yesterday. <laughs>
6: oh. It's simmering.
1: It's yeah, definitely it's simmering. simmering. Uh He's like, why are we not able to reap the benefits of regular citizens after providing your flea markets
6: with so much fresh fruit and honey?
4: I think that's a good question.
6: (laughs) It's true. On February 25th, 1985, a female member of the ODF delivered a letter to Weslico's town hall, giving an ultimatum. Ultimate Sodom would stop its attacks on the ODF, or misfortune would befall the town within 10 days. Like much of the correspondence from the ODF, it was ignored.
4: That very evening, Mayor Hector Farias was at work in the Sherwin-Williams paint store he managed in the neighboring city of McAllen. A phone call with a customer was interrupted suddenly by the roar of an explosion.
2: For a few seconds, it seemed like an airplane had fallen on the roof.
4: Farius later recounted, he rushed in the direction that he had felt the ripples of the explosion come from and tore open the door at the store's south exit. In the parking lot, he saw a car engulfed in flames with its hood flung open in the air. Not seconds later, a second blast peeled forth from the car, flames shooting everywhere. Fortunately, no one was injured, but the explosion destroyed cars in the parking lot and damaged the exterior of Farias' store. In the following days, federal investigators from the ATF and the FBI picked over the scene and questioned witnesses. In the parking lot, they found pieces of pipe, a timing device, and surgical gloves. They slowly pieced together what had happened. Three separate pipe bombs had detonated in the car and ignited 15 gallons of gasoline that had been stashed in the trunk. They identified what the vehicle had once been, a 1967 Chevrolet registered to a Minnesota resident whose son had traveled from the Gopher State to Texas with Merlin Lingenfelter. And on March 6, 1985, City Hall received another threat from the ATA base. Leave the ODF alone, or they would be forced to respond with full armed force. On May 3, 1985, federal marshals arrested Merlin Lingenfelter's 23-year-old son, Mark, and two members of the ODF. Outside of the court, Merlin, who demanded to represent his son, handed out packets of ODF literature. Merlin's statement to the press was,
2: Your president, all supporting bloodsuckers of the United States, plus all bloodsuckers of Canada and Mexico, have been duly served and convicted in the Outer Dimensional Forces Foursquare Court at Alternate Base of Triple High Treason. <laughs>
1: triple High Treason. Okay, <laughs> that's...
4: <laughs> Just wait till they bring out the quadruple high treason. I don't think they have that, but that would be a crazy Double Dutch treason.
1: I've held trial in my mind and have found thee super duper guilty. (laughs) Extra super double cherry on top guilty of treason. (laughs) Yeah, it it does sound a lot like a
5: bunch of like fifth graders making up this um, international galactic law.
1: You know, Mm -hmm.
4: (laughs) but also doing pipe bombs during craft time,
1: (laughs) like like mock galactic UN, you know, like
4: so Merlin declared that the authorities were harassing his family as an attempt to attack the ODF, which had been created by God. Other members of the ODF who spoke to journalists outside the courthouse insisted that the U.S. had instigated a war with the ODF in 1967 when two CIA agents in an airplane had carried out a chemical attack on the ODF base. Mark and another member of the ODF were held in jail for contempt of court ahead of the trial. But before this, occupying the cell next to Mark and another member of the ODF was Jimmy Dale Dillingham, a man who was in prison because he tried to maintain a $2,000 a week cocaine habit with crime.
2: Mm Mm-hmm, who amongst us?
4: A man of the people. He had been convicted at least five times of crimes including weapons charges, forgery, and impersonating an FBI officer. Offering information in exchange for leniency, on July 10th, Jimmy Dale told the federal authorities that he had pretended to be a white supremacist to befriend the ODF members, who he described as hardcore neo-Nazis. He reported that Mark had confessed that he plotted to kill the mayor and that the other member of the ODF had told him that a stash of explosives big enough to blow up half of South Texas sky high was hidden at the Armageddon Time Arc base. A week after Dillingham ratted on Mark, the ATF raided the Outer Dimensional Forces base, followed by a group of city health and building inspectors hot on their heels. To get to the looming unpainted house, the agents had to pass through a gate guarded by a scowling young ODF member with a black beard who lived in a pickup camper mere feet from his watch post. The property was festooned with RVs and converted vehicles where Nadrag's flock lived. The agents reportedly threatened ODF members with their guns as they searched the premises. So inside of Nadrag's house at the center of the compound were a bunch of beehives that were absolutely swarming with bees. It turned out that the ODF was making honey inside of a house.
2: Yeah, Yep.
4: So there was no indoor plumbing because the water and utilities had been shut off. Oh my God. Because the ODF had tried to pay their bills with honey. And then when they wouldn't accept honey, they just were like, we're not paying. Inside the house, the agents cracked open locks and damaged an heirloom chest that had once belonged to Nadrag's grandmother. With righteous dismay, Nodrog cussed the feds out for their intrusion. He was described in the press as well-read after this incident, so we can only imagine what sort of beautiful terms he used. <laughs> So, contrary to what Dillingham reported, there were no explosives at all found at the Armageddon Time Arc base. The ATF confiscated some AR-15s, but said that if a UFO was on the property, it must have been invisible. The city building and health inspectors, however, found what they were after. The Brownsville Herald reported that it was possible that No Drug would be charged $200 each day until his home was up to city code.
6: And we've included a photo here that we, could, we can post on the socials that's a, that was taken the day of the raid. That's pretty special. Yeah, lots of signs with like handwritten text on them <laughs> mm-hmm. and stuff.
4: I think this might be like the only picture inside the base.
6: Concurrently, the FBI's file on the posse comitatus started to increasingly reference the outer dimensional forces. In this file was an original ODF document that was meant for J. Edgar Hoover himself. At various points, the ODF claimed to have executed J. Edgar Hoover and to have mystically <laughs> shortened his life by two thirds. Okay, <laughs> come on, two-
1: man. Which one is it? Did you, ex-
6: did you execute the, two, the
1: yeah. guy, or did you perform a weird ritual they, like
2: they two thirds executed him?
1: <laughs> two thirds. <laughs> Two thirds executed, and then finished the job with that final one third. They must have run out of like, uh, you know, like grommet's toe, and they were like, "Well, he's only two
6: thirds dead until we can secure some salamander tail for the concoction." And if they if they shorten his life by two thirds, how old could he have lived? Like hundred and fifty. So yeah, I yeah. was wondering,
4: like, did they shorten the whole life by two thirds, or like his remaining life by two thirds?
6: Yeah, because he stuck around. Yeah. The document further amplifies their anti-government psyche, which the FBI obviously found a threat. The front page features an illustration of the globe, with Earth's north and south poles being zapped by UFOs to bring about doomsday. Below that is a star of David, with the all-seeing eye in the top point of the triangle, superimposing a map of the Rio Grande Valley. Statement of perfect facts, and ultimatum to the red-gog
1: outlaws of City Hall from Ultimate Sodom, Weslaco, Texas. By turning your backs upon your Creator's Time Arc service modules, you have committed the unforgivable sin. Now your stinking religions have caused you to become mentally retarded at three and a half dimensions. (laughs) What? (laughs) All religions have negative things in common, whether they be priest, rabbi, atheist, scientist, doctor, political parasite, bureaucratic bum, tax-collecting bloodsucker, Etc.
4: Those are the approximately seven genders. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they are all limited to two points of religious philosophy of their self imposed three and a half dimensional cubospheric prison. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Their great common denominator is that they all lack the most important third point, accepting contact with their five dimensional time arc service modules of their creator. Your power madness has shriveled your mind to a reprobate state. You bloodsuckers with your hired gunslingers have illegally held Manasseh free territory under terrorism since September 3rd, 1966. This time you shall not nail me to a gibbet as you did two thousand years ago. Mm. This time we are back in full armed force with ultimate weaponry to free Time Station Earth of slavery. An armed Spanish Inquisition, as you have planned against my ATA base, by you blood suckers, shall end up by total decycling of all gogs in Gog <laughs> Valley. <laughs> You can gain some lifetime for your bond slaves by evacuating the territory and surrendering yourselves to Time Station Earth Base Corps of Cosmic Engineers at once. Mene, Mene, Tekelup
6: That's the Babylonian phrase, uh, the writing is on the wall, which is a a warning of inevitable misfortune. Nice. I
4: kind of just want to like insert here, but um, if you haven't picked it up so far, the mechanism of his apocalypse is that the poles are going to shift positions, much like in that John Cusack movie, 2012.
1: Right. Mm -hmm.
4: (laughs) Okay. So um, Mark Lingenfelter's trial began on February 25th, 1986, a year to the day of the pipe bombing. Prosecuting U.S. Attorney Robert Berg put forth his theory of the crime. The posse comitatus had come to Westlaco to take advantage of the elderly Nodrog, who had a large, secure, and self-sustaining property. And their presence had turned a bombastic but peaceful kook into the figurehead of a terrorist outfit. Once the transformation was complete, Nodrog had ordered Mark to strike at his enemies in Westlaco by killing Farius. Hector Farias, after recounting the explosion on the stand, said that he had no animosity towards the ODF because before this, they had never been violent. A lot of the evidence that was ultimately presented against Mark was circumstantial. The prosecution showed that the car that blew up had belonged to one of Mark's friends from Minnesota, pipe bomb-making materials and instructions had been found in Merlin Lingenfelter's house, and newspaper clippings about Farius had been discovered all over the walls of Mark's own home. Uh-oh. Witnesses <laughs> saw the baby blue Volkswagen Beetle that Mark and his girlfriend Kathleen drove exiting the Whataburger parking lot next to the paint store just before the explosion. The only direct evidence was the testimony from the five-time convicted conman Jimmy Dale Dillingham, who had previously <laughs> falsely reported to the government that there were explosives at the armageddon Tymark base. Mark represented himself at trial. He had trouble preparing his defense because his incarceration made it difficult to gather material and communicate with others, and several of his intended witnesses changed their minds about testifying for him. At the trial, Mark argued that he was innocent. His brother, Merlin Jr., testified that there was a government conspiracy against the Lincolnfelter family. Mark also called several friends who gave him an alibi, claiming that he was at a pool party when the bomb went off. Drug himself took the stand for Mark, testifying that he had not ordered the bombing and had not told Mark that he was sending threatening letters to City Hall. But he also clearly reiterated to the jury that the ODF had caused Hurricane Beulah and killed J. Edgar Hoover.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I was not responsible for this car bombing. However, I am manipulating the weather and have killed the head of your FBI.
4: So after about two hours of deliberation, the jury found Mark guilty of carrying out the bombing. He was ordered to compensate Farius for the damage to the store and was sentenced to about 10 years in federal prison. Charges Damn. against other ODF members were dropped. So um, what do you guys think about this? Do you think that Mark himself did it? Or do you think Nadrog ordered it?
1: I mean, it sounds like Mark did it yeah i mean pool party is like not the best al you know not the best (laughs) alibi it's easy to get a couple friends to be like oh yeah man we were hanging yeah we were hanging
4: with the bees there's still pool party weather in um in february in texas right
6: yeah (laughs) yeah it can be that's also when we had our winter storm though of a couple years ago but I, yeah, I, I personally feel like the Lingenfelters probably did plan it and, and uh, execute it, but that no drug didn't really have anything to do with it. And I don't think that he, he actually wanted to cause real violence. Yeah. Towards people, just verbal violence. He
4: just wanted to yell at people, yeah. which I think yeah. is admirable in a way.
6: It's like one of those situations where, like,
1: all he does is talk about how these people are are essentially, you know, this this evil force that is going to lead to, you know, the destruction of the planet. And one follower got so carried away that he was like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take matters into my own hands."
4: <laughs> right, and it's yeah. like you know, the Lincoln were also like pretty heavily huffing posse comitatus stuff. Prior to showing Mm. up.
6: Yeah. From the 90s onward, the group largely went dark. The ODF appeared in the news again in the mid-90s when Mark Lingenfelter was released from prison and skipped out on his parole. The other ODF members that had been detained during the investigation stated that while they had nothing against Mark, they never wanted to have anything to do with him again. As far as we can tell, Mark was never apprehended and lived a peaceful life in Wisconsin until passing away of natural causes in 2015. His brother Merlin Jr., however, went to prison in the 90s for planning a terrorist attack on Fort Hood and selling pipe bombs to a cop. Pipe bombing seems to run in the family. Nodrog hasn't been seen in public since the trial. The group claims he's still alive, which would make him around 115 today. Unlikely, but not impossible. Property taxes are still being paid in his name, and there is no official death certificate, but most likely he's buried somewhere on the property. And that's the last known photo of Nodrog. Um, He's sort of standing at the flea market with the yeah. vintage car he's looking like Santa Claus in some homemade moccasins. Yeah. Um, yeah, with the great poster on his car that says passport to survival with a UFO on it. Yeah, he that's looks nice. exactly
1: like the guy who you would ex- assume to be writing the kind of things that we've been that we've been reading. I mean, this is this is a case where my imagination was <laughs> absolutely correct in imagining what this gentleman looked like. And it's
6: that's Like, literally the only known photo of him in existence ever. Really? Yeah, that's it. Since then, they've made a website, as well as a campaign of mailing flyers and ads in magazines like Popular Mechanics and Farmer's Almanac. There are a handful of posts on Reddit from bewildered people receiving these flyers in the mail or stumbling upon them in magazines. There are also a few TikTok videos from locals who have walked or driven by the mysterious gates, hungry for more info. Here's one such TikTok from Joellapus, the paranormal drag investigator.
7: And it's
4: this old, old house that sits in the middle of the expressway, Walmart. Maybe they built the whole town around this one place because these people will not budge. They did not want to sell it to Walmart. They didn't want to sell it to
7: nobody because they believe. That the time arc, honey, is going to come down. The alien is going to come land on their land
4: and take them away. When I tell you it is freaky deaky and they have a huge land, okay? Roll the clip. Listen, I'm going to show you some clips and y'all tell me if this interests you and maybe I'll finish this documentary
6: by Halloween. But look, look, just look. So, so a lot of uh, ominous, yeah, shaky camera clips um, driving by the, the fence of the compound. And...
4: Really scary music while focusing yeah. on a traffic light.
6: Yeah, and, and it's this, um, this paranormal investigator who, who in drag investigates um, like haunted and weird uh, phenomena in the Rio Grande Valley. You should check, cool. check them out. Joellipus.
4: One of the ads that appeared in Popular Mechanics in the 80s reads,
2: Perfect knowledge. Eternals' original measures contain total knowledge, enhanced Einsteinic dimensions, gather unlimited, recycled, free energy from creator's time bank for home, factory, pleasure, eliminates deadly experimental research, pollution, friction, taxes. Permanent power plants have no moving parts. Transportation vehicles use monadic gravity, a thousand-year built-in durability, Small, crash-proof family model. Mini-star limited to under over water within buffer zone. Maximum speed of 50,000 miles per hour. Relegates death-dealing wheels to Stone Age. Survive, do, seal six, and enjoy the riches of heaven on time station earth. No mail. (laughs) (laughs) Test for qualifications in person.
6: But for the most part, they are highly secretive, stay in their compound, and offer no direct way to get in touch with them, other than honking your horn outside the gates. Some locals have caught glimpses of them, mostly at the Walmart. They dress a little like Mennonites, somewhat unkempt and unwashed because of no running water, and all the women dress in white. Here are a few of the comments.
2: The owners came to eat at my restaurant today. They are normal people. It's insane.
1: Chill people. I went to school with their daughter and hung out with her at that location. They don't bother nobody, and so don't bother them. Simple.
2: They are very peaceful people. Seen them in Walmart before. Very beautiful, too.
4: Prayer emoji.
1: Very beautiful, too. (laughs) Very beautiful, too.
2: (laughs) Heading to the time arc to hit
1: it. (laughs) It's amazing to me. (laughs) Heading to the time art to Netflix and chill and avoid the death radius zone uh, (laughs) atmospheric anomaly. No mail. No mail.
4: Snapchat, though.
1: It's amazing to me that these folks like I wonder if there's like one guy in their group that's like, you know, guys, we could take the five million from Walmart and like build a better place somewhere else you know like let them have the parking lot that's literally
2: like telling a a a jew for jesus guy to like move the holy land like oh okay (laughs) yeah
1: because that's where where the ufo is going to come down
4: and i I also think that they're right now they're the the offer is not open walmart has ceased to be interested in this piece of land
3: ultimate positive survival knowledge
6: The only public presence the group currently has is their website, which has that textbook fringe, doomsday aesthetic, and frantic proselytizing we've come to know and love. The text is a mix of biblical millennialism, heaven's gate sci-fi-isms with phrases like planet being recycled and needing to evacuate, and some new age-isms that make for a truly chaotic soup. This is the message we're greeted with.
7: Factual perfect greetings from your millennial Armageddon time arc base operation. On behalf of the positive section of the outer dimensional forces under the command of Yahshua Hamashiach, perfect positive end time survival knowledge from Creator Yahweh's holy measures is available here. Your Creator Yahweh has not abandoned His creation. You are not alone in the universe.
6: If you prefer listening instead of reading, they have a YouTube channel where members read you the entire website in a series of videos that all start in this identical way.
8: If you are one of Yahweh's Seekers of Truth, you can check out what I found on the web by going to atabase.info and find many more pages like this one.
3: If you are looking for real knowledge and want to see what I found, go to atabase.info and you'll find many pages containing your lost positive
6: knowledge Including this one, called "Positive Stewards of the Soil." Yeah, there's a lot of uh, <laughs> stock photos of like fields of wheat and clouds and you know people clicking URLs online. Ricky, you can't be smoking three cigarettes at once. <laughs> <laughs> From the rest of this inscrutable site, I've learned that our planet, which they call Time Station Earth, is not really a planet at all, but a collection of time arcs that need maintenance for proper functioning. This means that every 7,000 years, the Earth's poles must shift by 6 degrees so that life as we know it can continue. They call it the creator's chiropractic adjustment. Unfortunately, these shifts cause massive climactic events like floods and earthquakes. The ODF have been holding back the next pole shift as long as possible, so that enlightened North American humatons have time to evacuate. Here's what we can expect on that fateful day. The polar adjustment on S-Day will cause time
1: station Earth to undergo a period of great upheaval. The brunt of this upheaval will be centered on the Manasseh Complex, the North American continent. Severe convulsions of the landmass will render major portions of this continent unsafe for habitation for a period of time, and will cause it to end up with a new shape. Mountains will go down, new mountains will come up, rivers will change course, and the coastlines will take on new shapes. Cats and dogs living together. Mass hysteria, okay. You cannot just flee to the mountains and, quote, live off the land until the threat is gone you cannot just believe in jesus and be saved the cleansing of this continent will be a hundred percent complete by divine decree there will be no escape if you remain unless you are off the continent by 6 p.m preceding s day there is no other way this this has a very like hitchhiker's uh, guide to the galaxy <laughs> sort of feel to it
4: yeah It
1: really does. Like, the way that they speak uses, like, kind of similar language as the aliens who are, you know, building the sort of, like, intergalactic freeway or whatever
6: at the beginning of the book. They've been trying to warn us North Americans about this since 1967 through their magazine ads, bulk mailings, and newsletters. So if you haven't left by now, it's your fault and you deserve to die. (laughs) If for whatever reason you can't evacuate by your own means, you have one last chance, so listen carefully. Relocate to Weslico and throw yourself at the Messiah's feet, begging for mercy. If he finds you worthy, you'll be given a spot on the UFO, evacuating just in time to survive and see heaven created on Earth. This heaven will be created by No Drug's use of 5D technology, which sounds pretty progressive and wonderful to me.
5: Free unlimited energy, without taxes or pollution. Transportation vehicles that use monadic gravity and have 1,000-year durability, ending the Stone Age, land-based, death-dealing, octopus-like highway system with all of its frustrating maintenance and skyrocketing taxation for extending bond slavery. The construction of the Laboratory of Life, which will engineer mana, the perfect food for humatons. The removal of all man-made diseases. The end of all war and crime.
1: Now, what about Sounds Earth? Cool. What about Earth station diseases? Those stay, I assume. Well, that would be cleansed. It's interesting though, because like it seems like at its core, their their main sort of beef is like you know we have this beautiful planet, we're fucking it up with our highway systems, we are uh, stressing our our population out with unfair taxes. I mean, you know, it seems like their core principles, aside from some of the, you know, extraterrestrial mumbo jumbo, like don't seem and all the
4: posse comitatus stuff
1: and the posse comitatus stuff. Like at the end, I mean, I feel like oftentimes groups like this use a a seemingly progressive cause as their kind of, you know, their sort of main their mainline narrative, so people can be like, nobody can be like, well, they want, you know, they just want the earth to like return to nature. Like, what's so bad about that, you know? No taxes.
4: And I also want to point out that, like, his big fights with the government started when they seized a corner of his land to put up an expressway. So it's a little bit like a very personal beef with the concept of a road.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Other humatons.
6: In our quest to tell this story as an episode for the QAA pod and maybe even a documentary someday, I started reaching out to people in the area especially those who had a connection with the group. We also tried reaching out to journalists who covered them in the 80s and lawyers involved in the court case. I've never quite experienced such a flat-out refusal to speak with me, and aside from one or two, those who did start to chat ended up ghosting me. I even received a few warnings to stay away. Just when I was going to give up making contact, I heard back from someone with very close ties to the group. This is my interview with her. Let's just start uh, from the beginning and and tell me about what your connection is with the Outer Dimensional Forces.
8: Basically, my, um, my mom was, was raised there in the base that they have in So My grandma and one of my aunts still live there. Mainly my mom and, and her side of the family that are more connected to it.
6: Your mom was sort of born into this, right?
8: So she wasn't exactly born there. Her parents were missionaries to start off with. Uh, so they were already traveling around doing missionary work in, say, like, Mexico and in the valley. One day, uh, they were at the Walmart that's there by by the base, and Nadraga approached them. And that's how they kind of got brought in to the whole uh, religion. He may have just been a very good preacher and managed to sway them.
6: So what's your relationship like with your your aunt and your grandma that are still there?
8: Fairly distant, if I'm being completely honest. My aunt that lives there doesn't really seem to talk to me a whole lot. And then my grandma I talk to her every now and then, but she's fairly busy doing stuff like for the base.
6: Do they tell you what it's like on the base?
8: I've heard a little bit here and there. Um, my mom's told me a little bit about it. They had like uh, various trailers and buses that they lived in, uh, that were converted to be kind of like a home. There's certain um, like rules that they have. Like I think they have to be back in the base by like five or something like that. They don't really change time with like daylight savings and all of that. My grandma has a garden where she grows like peaches, I think it is. So it's always nice to get a, a share of those when we're down visiting in the valley. Granted, I've never actually gone to go in the base unfortunately I've always wanted to but
6: so so you've eaten outer dimensional forces peaches
8: uh, apparently I don't know what variety they are but they're actually very good so
6: so in the in the report from when the the government raided them they mentioned that they were like raising bees inside the house did you hear about that too
8: I know um, my mom has talked about that a little bit because she was uh, the one that opened the door I believe. Like, they knocked on her door and she opened it.
6: Yeah. And what did she say about about that day that they were raided?
8: I mean, it's definitely not a very good memory for her. Um, she said that uh, they basically knocked on the door, she opened it, and uh, basically had a gun in her face because, of course, they're searching for stuff. They're going to have their weapons with them.
6: And then how how and when did she decide to, to leave?
8: It, it wasn't too great for her there uh because her her dad wasn't exactly the best uh he was kind of abusive so and she uh met my dad and wound up trying to get him brought into the group but they wouldn't they wouldn't let him and i guess she partially left for him as well
6: are you are you happy about that that you weren't brought up in it
8: oh definitely i got lucky that She was my parent out of all of my aunts because um, the rest of them do raise their kids under the belief and they all believe the same.
6: Yeah, and I was going to ask if um, children of the members, like, do they go to public school or or are they homeschooled?
8: Uh, They're all homeschooled. Um, My mom homeschooled me. I I tried to get into public school, but she wouldn't let me. Uh, They're all very, uh, like, conspiracy theorists. so. Um, they're against the government, they're anti-vax, just a bunch of different things. So, of course, to go to public school, you would have to have your vaccinations. And they don't want their kids to be vaccinated, so they don't put them in school, as well as they don't want any kind of teachings that differ from what they're trying to teach.
6: What did um, what did your family say about No Nodrog and the type of person that he was?
8: They described him to be very very kind, a good person overall, but being under the same religion, their views are basically going to have rose colored glasses if, in a sense.
6: Yeah. And it, it seems like, um, just in the town and the area itself that there doesn't seem to be ill will or negative thoughts or feelings about no drug or the group. I mean, besides the, the whole pipe bomb part of the history. Yeah.
8: But. but yeah, I mean, aside from that, the only other thing I've read is that people consider the property to be an eyesore, which I don't know. I like looking at it. It's it's pretty seeing all the trees and whatnot. It's kind of kind of different from all of the concrete buildings everywhere.
6: Yeah, it's such a contrast being in the you know the corner of the Walmart parking lot.
8: Yeah. <laughs>
6: <laughs> and so, what do you think about the teachings themselves, and what you uh, most sort of disagree with?
8: It's obviously not my cup of tea. It's interesting learning about it. It's interesting getting to see everything firsthand. They're very into like conspiracy theories and all of that. It goes a little too far. Like even growing up, my whole life has been affected by it because there's always one doomsday thing after another and they're constantly, constantly trying to trying to get you to go somewhere that they equate to being safe, which is a nice sentiment, but it's constant. I have one aunt and two cousins that have uh, left the country because of it. And they've been having a pretty hard time trying to get by. I have a few other aunts and cousins that are constantly going back and forth to different countries to try to get away from it. Um, It being like him coming back and they, uh, they believe that the social security is the mark of the beast. So that makes it even harder for them because To do most things nowadays, you have to have a social. So it's always been hard watching them struggle because of their beliefs.
6: Had you ever been moved because of this?
8: Uh, Yeah. Actually, I got back to the U.S. not too long ago. I was in South America for like three years. I just got back in 2019. Um, My mom and I were supposed to go over there for six months to visit my aunt and cousins that are over there. But... Of course, my family wanting us to be out of the U.S. I and mean, being somewhere safe. They didn't tell us that after uh, we had been in for three months, which is when the visa expired, that there's a fee every day to be able to leave. So by the time we were supposed to leave, we had a big enough fee that we weren't allowed to leave. It was an absolute pain trying to get back.
6: Yeah. Wow. It's hard hard to imagine. I mean, you know, people... People talk about these groups and it's it's sort of fascinating and, and you know, mysterious and fun to just like read about it. but oftentimes they're not thinking about what it's like for, for people on the periphery like you. I'm sorry you had to go through that. How else has, has this kind of difference in beliefs between you, um, and your you know, your grandma and your aunt, you get in a lot of arguments? Have you been able to come to peace or found some way to navigate it?
8: Pretty much just Hide who I am and try to fit into what they think I should be when I'm around them. Ah, uh, there's definitely a lot of things that they don't know about me that I can't really tell them primarily because my grandma is up there in age and she's pretty frail at this point, so I'm not trying to put any kind of shock or anything on her that could cause her health to go downhill in any way
6: so lastly, do you think that? that uh no drug is possibly still alive.
8: I mean, I, I don't see how he how he could be. He would definitely be getting up there in age. I'm pretty sure he's probably buried somewhere on the base. I mean, that's that's what my mom and I think anyways.
6: The group I don't think has ever sort of officially said that that he's no longer with us, right?
8: No, from my understanding they still try to play it off like he's still there, but I mean realistically, he's Still just a guy and can only live so long.
1: Listening to her talk about, you know, her family that is, you know, was involved or still involved. It kind of reminds me of that M. Night movie, The Village, where you have this sort of secluded community that lives by a completely different reality. And it is, you know, essentially next door to, you know, this major uh, sort of like department store. It's that I don't know. There's something that's very American about this whole story to me that, that in the like tiny space of a parking lot of like a walmart there is like a community that lives under the belief that like a ufo is going to land there and like you know save them from the the rapture it's it's like kind of normalcy is uh, sort of like in the backyard of uh absurdity and and i don't know there's just even even hearing, her, uh, you know, hearing this this young person sort of talk about how it's affected, you know, their family. It's rare that, you know, we cover groups like this where there isn't kind of a major. I mean, obviously, with the pipe bombing aside, but there isn't some sort of like major movement of violence or like mm-hmm. it, does, it ends in a bad way for a lot of people. It, it, it's just sort of like. I don't know. They're just sort of like still going. Like, I don't know. It makes me kind of, it reminds me of like the, the, the guilty remnant too. And like the leftovers series, like, I don't know. I'm just, I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by how these, these two like completely different, a sort of realities coexist next to one another, and that this has, you know, this is a staple of Westlake, Texas.
4: Right, and you got to just wonder, just wonder how many groups like this are just in America, just coexisting kind of quietly, and you'd never know unless you know you were their neighbor and you know asked a question, or they had a sign, or you found one of their little ads, where mm-hmm. just life goes on. For two different groups of people with two different realities that exist right next to each other. And it's just like that quietly for years and years and years.
1: And it has this these elements of like a hippie commune almost like they're you know growing their own fruit and like selling them at like flea markets and you know uh cultivating honey and 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 selling like they are you know living off their land you know in this in this world but you know but also venturing out to go and you know get a burrito or something at a nearby restaurant it's like they haven't shut themselves off entirely from you know the the sort of the spoils of, of of capitalism but like at the same time you know i mean i can't imagine i couldn't i couldn't endorse uh you know uh, somebody who was brought up in this in this way you know it feels like Yeah, yeah, right it's just very interesting there's a I, i have a lot of conflicting sort of feelings about it like on the one hand it seems harmless but on the other hand uh you know it is you know, if you're raising people to be sectioned off from the rest of their community and to have these sort of outlandish beliefs that are, you know, fused with science fiction and religion, history tells us that that tends to not end well, but it doesn't really seem like they've had that kind of major wake-up call or or, or anything like that. So I'm very curious. And, and also the fact that their leader is probably dead and buried on the land somewhere.
4: You know, he, he might be the oldest man in North America, we don't know. <laughs> right.
6: Yeah. Yeah. We, we, um, we cover kind of all of this in our, in our closer here. In praise, in
3: praise, in praise of in kooks.
6: Besides the pipe bombing, fundamentalist religious leanings, and cult-like behavior, I can get with some of what the ODF represents. They're anti-government and anti-authoritarian. They were early with the climate change message. They never sold out to Walmart. They don't <laughs> believe in daylight savings time. No drug didn't seem to blame the Jews for everything. They're great at naming things, and they made it almost impossible to find them and join them. They represent what is, in essence, that storied American tradition of eschewing government authority and living by their own private rules. Although, learning that children were born into this without a choice and homeschooled with these beliefs mostly nullifies these positives for me. I'm just glad this didn't turn into that other Texas story of Waco and the Branch Davidians.
4: Throughout American history, um, there's kind of a tension between public good and private rights, so this story is pretty emblematic of that. Prior to 1985, No Drug and his group minded their own business, except for maybe yelling at people. Like, again and again, looking into this, you just hear that they were super content to just keep to themselves. Yet the town kept kind of encroaching on them in a certain way. But ultimately, a lot of those encroachments were for the benefit of the community as a whole. Because Westlaco was trying to build and maintain infrastructure like roads and water drainage systems. So I think, like, going into the mid-80s, you have two sort of sympathetic parties set exactly against each other. But that being said, the fact that the town really starts aggressively pushing against no-drug over a fucking Walmart of all things, which is one of the most soulless and all-consuming megacorps, is a big against the town. And then, you know, the fact that one of their guys tried to murder the mayor with a pipe bomb is a big strike against the outer dimensional forces.
6: (laughs) (laughs) It's about equal.
4: Who can say? Um, So like something I kind of was left wondering was how much of um, ideological sympathy No Drug had for people like Merlin Lingenfelter, who, um, by the way, tried to appeal Mark's sentence by sending the government a bunch of insane anti-Semitic rants. (laughs) Um, And, you know, it looks like people at the time, like the prosecution, really thought that Merlin and his crew had somehow like hijacked No Drug's group. Or poisoned his belief systems. But who knows if that's the real story? Or if NoDrog was like this fellow traveler of that really nasty Posse Comatata stuff all along. But um, I mean clearly, NoDrog really, really, really hated the government all on its own. And it's like, what exact flavorman of government hater is he? And I think that's like kind of an open an open question right, too. Right. <laughs>
6: To me, he represents the classic kook figure, which is someone whose eccentric and fantastic ideas underpin their entire existence, and they just can't help but make their life's mission to spread this truth to others in the most confusing way possible. And I don't see him as a quack or a charlatan, because he was just desperately trying to impart this truth, regardless if it turned a profit. Uh, And no matter how batshit it seemed to all of us, because they were pretty much living in poverty, it seemed like, most of this time. And who knows? Maybe we'll find out Nodrog is still alive in that compound in the Walmart parking lot, ready to rise above us in his invisible UFO, as the smirks get washed off our faces by a biblical flood. So let's close out with a quote from Nodrog, as you imagine an illustration of a classic flying saucer hovering above the clouds.
1: The UFO shown above represents a way of life you have in your present life only dreamed of or read about in, quote, science fiction stories. It is the source of the inspiration for your dreams and stories. This UFO represents a world you have known before, a world you have longed for, a world so real and so much a part of you that your whole being aches with the strain of not remembering. This UFO means home to that part of you that is beyond the physical realm most people do not face nor accept this vital part of themselves unless or until they are on the threshold of death very interesting stuff
2: thank you for doing this episode and and for looking deeper and you know conducting interviews and uh really researching this it's amazing that it hasn't really
6: been covered all that much before
2: Mm -hmm. so where can people find more of your work brad
6: Oh, um, on uh, Twitter, I'm Love and Saucers. On Instagram, I'm Brad WTF. Uh, that's, those are both the best places to, to look me up.
2: Fantastic. Where can people find you and your work, Allie?
4: Um, you can find me um, on Twitter at, at Penale to Calcify. Um, and I also want to give a huge special thanks to Jared Holt for letting me use his recording equipment while mine is in storage while I move.
2: We love Jared. Thanks for listening to another episode of the QAnon Anonymous podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe for five bucks a month for which you'll get a whole second episode for every normal one plus access to our ongoing mini series like the 10 episode run that we've done so far of trickle down. We're in the middle of a run of man clan. And of course we'll get all the archive stuff of our premium episodes. If you're already a subscriber, thank you. You help us stay advertising free and editorially independent.
1: For everything else, we've got a website. It's QAnonAnonymous.com. There's links to merch, uh, links to uh, tour tickets Mm -hmm. uh, that I I believe there are some still available. We'd love to come and see uh, all of you beautiful folks, uh, IRL, uh, in the fifth dimension, um, because the podcast is 3D. And uh, so, yeah, go on, check it out. There's links to music from the show. There's a lot of stuff up there.
4: Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you.
0: It's,
3: it's not, not a conspiracy, conspiracy. Yeah, it's fact. And now, today's
0: auto cue. The perfect facts from our Creator Yahweh's holy measures are contained in these pages for your positive education and personal physical survival. If you have been looking for answers, now is the time to take action. The time for a major cleansing of the earth is due. The time for a major polar adjustment is due. The polar axis shift will drastically and permanently rearrange Earth's land masses. It will create new coastlines across the globe. Mountains will go down and new mountains will come up. Rivers will change course. These physical changes have happened many times in the past. Then will come a complete change in human society on Earth by divine intervention. The empires of degraded mankind will be recycled for 1,000 years. A positive birthright will once again reign on earth. Are you prepared for this change? Will you survive the transition? The great creator Yahweh has commanded his people to come out of Babylon, the present negative birthright empire on this continent, in order to survive in a positive manner. Participating too much in the present negative birthright system makes you a part of it and places you under Creator Yahweh's judgment against it. Choosing and accepting the negative rule of degenerate man with all of its sickness and death and corruption results in you forfeiting your right to positive survival and a better way of life. And there is a better way. Many of you are attempting to separate yourselves from the present negative system and resist its evils. This is good, but limiting yourselves to mere human resources is not enough.